Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Well, thanks for tuning in with us. I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, and today we are again going to diverge from our typical discussions about recent sermons to discuss one of our church ministry areas, and today that means we're talking with Jeff Burr about our adult ministries here at Grace Baptist Church. Jeff, thanks for taking time to join us and uh, share a little bit about what's going on in this area of our ministry. Glad to be here, Bart. Excited to talk about it. Well, we're going to talk about it for the next number of minutes, and let's just start with some areas that you've observed. You've been here, I believe, today or tomorrow marks about entering the 10th month that you've been with us here at Grace, and uh, you've had a lot of time to observe, to talk to people, and I know I've been to a couple sessions where you've led adult ministry uh, leaders. Give us some ideas, uh, thoughts about what areas of our adult ministries uh, are really worthy of celebration, and then conversely, let's talk about some things that you think we need to work on. Yeah, I've, I've had a chance to to do some observing broadly. I've been in, I think, all of our ABF classes at least once, uh, a few small groups uh, as well. So, um, you know, getting getting a better pulse in terms of where things stand, and and there certainly is a lot to celebrate. Uh, our, our adult Bible fellowships, particularly if I just focus there, are, are, are really strong. I mean, there's strong um, existing relationships, ongoing relationships, friendships. Just say friendships, and that that's really important. Um, so I, I see that as a great strength, and and one of the things that was cultivated over the last uh, number of years is cross generational. Um, uh, you know, ministry connections. So you have classes that are not just siloed, but they have the old and the young and, and many in between. And so those are, are really good, uh, good things. And then, of course, in some more targeted areas, there's, um, you know, Elder Training Institute. There's some really intentional mechanisms put in place to kind of raise up and cultivate leaders within the church missions institute uh, if we think about that in a discipleship context um so yeah certainly a lot of a, a lot of really strong things that are happening we've been able to have some teacher training sessions and work towards greater alignment um, in terms of even how how the time is allocated within our groups you know, how much time is spent on teaching if we're not careful that can be a hundred percent of the time, and and maybe the relationship side of things is sort of skimmed over, and so just working to cultivate some good rhythms and patterns there, and and been so encouraged with uh, the caliber of teachers that we have, so a lot of things to to be encouraged with. I think in terms of areas that could be improved, um, I think the kind of onboarding, you know, how we get new people connected into groups. Uh, is is something that needs to be improved um and that's probably at both the adult bible fellowship level certainly at the small group level um i've had people you know kind of say that small groups seem like they're kind of a secretive thing it's a secret society you know you gotta uh, know the right password to be able to, to to find the right people and and part of that's by design there's been an emphasis to to really encourage membership if you're going to be involved at that level of community that you enter into accountability uh, and commitment, and so that's that's good. But we we still need to to be more clear and just so people know the pathways uh, to take to get connected. And um, 
I think uh, I think there's also an opportunity to to try to do better with gender specific kinds of ministries. So um, you know things that are targeted for men, for women. And I'm particularly thinking about smaller cluster groups. You know, uh, terminology around here might be D groups, or we, you know, we've called them life groups. But um, I think that's where really you're going to peel back the onion and and get down to real core heart issues um, in ways that just aren't going to come up in co-ed settings. And so that that's an area I think of of growth um, certainly for us. Um, you know, Women's Ministry Council, we, we've just formed a little council to try to bring some cohesion. So I think that that's maybe a good case study, too. You know, we've got uh, several good ladies' Bible studies that are happening. Um, there's a season's ministry that has been, you know, developed to help connect the young and the old um, and mentoring kind of things. But right now, there hasn't been a lot of cohesion to some of those things. So, so I think cohesion in, in a lot of these ministry areas, how does Elder Training Institute, Admissions Institute, Teacher Training, how do these things all relate to one another? So, so there's certainly some alignment that needs to be strengthened you know, as well. Uh, and then I would also say maybe some affinity-based um, groups. So we did here in the, the spring a young couples seminar. Uh, there's a, some stuff percolating for a parents seminar. Um, uh, we have uh, lined up to have um, ABWE come. They're going to conduct a LGBTQ seminar in the fall, uh, helping us to think through gender and sexuality. And so I, I, I think there's some ways we can we can address some specific um, areas and and. Um, you know, with, with some strong affinities. Empty nesters has been another one. Um, young adults, we just have a, a group percolating. They're going to be doing some more consistent uh, events targeted for young adults, post-college age young adults. Mm-hmm. I think that's a gap for us to, to think about how to connect better. So, yeah, those are some areas I think could, could continue to be strengthened. And you get my mind's racing here, and I'm try- I want to go down each of those avenues that you've shared. We'll get to a few of them here as we go. But, uh, Jeff, it's been well over 20 years ago. I remember as a uh, well, much younger man, 20 years ago, uh, church leadership introduced the concept of adult Bible fellowships, or we'll call them ABFs here, uh, uh, here in the next number of minutes. But they introduced this concept to our congregation. How do an ABF and a, and a traditional, what we call adult Sunday school, how do they differ and how are they the same? Mm-hmm. So if we look at our history, uh, this really started, this terminology started pretty close to here at uh, the chapel in, in Akron with Newt Larson. And um, one of the distinctives of the adult Bible fellowship model was that it was going to be broader than just a teacher. So... Um, they had three main sort of leadership um, figures in an adult Bible fellowship. One was the teacher. One was um, a a class leader who would, um, you know, maybe facilitate activities and gatherings, would track and follow up with newcomers and visitors. And then you had a care captain who would, yeah, help to maybe work with the deacons to facilitate and and help people care for one another. So it was broader than just 
an information session. It was intended to be a community. And I think it was significant, certainly at the chapel in Akron, a large, a large church. I think it's a, it plays a significant role here at Grace. Uh, it provides really a context of you know a congregation. For many people, their adult Bible fellowship is their congregation. Within it's a congregation. The, it's the people that they know. And so uh, when meals are being shared or uh, there's a death, these are the people that rally around them. And so I think it does play. You can't know everyone in a church of 800. You can't have a meaningful relationship. We'd all like to be in one service, and uh, that's a noble goal. But the reality is even if we were in one service, you wouldn't be able to have meaningful relationships with everyone. So this breaks that down to have a, a sense of congregation for everyone. And so I know people here's, you know, that if they, uh, I talked to one guy not too long ago, his wife had been sick. They hadn't been regular in services and they were just working their way back to be in person. And they came to their ABF class and then, and, and that was all they did that morning. <laughs> and if they had to make a hard choice, that was the group of people that they wanted to connect with. It was so valuable for them. So that relational component, uh, it's not to underestimate the worship service, but that relational component is what is being cultivated in an ABF. So uh, there's, there's some other, you know, distinctives. Um, you know, Larson was very much, uh, Newt Larson was very much against sort of the elective model where you're constantly right. shuffling. And some, some Sunday schools were constantly changing Mm-hmm. And he wanted to push for continuity of relationship. And um, uh, so th- those were some of the distinctives for the adult Bible fellowship model. Well, then within that context, you mentioned the three areas, you, uh, teaching, care, and, uh, and fellowship. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you and I have had this discussion, I know, at a, at a seminar that you uh, were leading for group leaders, or ABF leaders, you shared some uh, thoughts, and, and we are working as a church to go down as, as far as you talked about how much time do you spend on each one. Let's talk about that a little bit and what, how, where we want to go right now. Can you, can you share a little yeah. bit more detail? Yeah, I mean, I, I made the statement, and I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. Now it's going to be recorded. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Uh, but I, I said to our teachers, I said, your co- the content you are delivering is not the most important thing that will happen in your gathering. And um, that, that's not at all to underestimate the importance of God's word. But we, can, we, can, we have lots of opportunities to, to, to get God's word taught to us, um, whether through reading or just our time in the scriptures, the public worship service. But what you can't get anywhere else is Christian community. And so we, we've suggested maybe up to half of your time in the group spent praying over your missionaries, uh, praying for one another. Uh, some of our classes have been learning Bible verses together right. and reciting them together. Um, having someone in the class share their story. You know, every, every month you, have, you feature someone in the class and you have them share their testimony and people get to ask questions of them. Or a storytelling question, you know, what is one of the, the favorite places that you like to go on vacation? What was one of the most difficult experiences that you had growing up? And it might tie in with the lesson, but it also allows us to get to know each other. And so, yeah, we've been pushing to try to create maybe even a 50-50 split between time spent in the Word and time spent building community. 
and I can speak uh, as a teacher in one of these ABFs, uh, can speak to the speak to the importance of that. It's hard sometimes. I, I usually don't get everything that I've studied accomplished or uh, prepared or presented. Uh, one member of our class, I guess the former teacher, Cliff Johnson, used to say, well, I guess that lesson was more for me than for anybody else. We didn't have time to get to it all. Yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it is so important. And as you say, uh, people, my group, are so is so interested in each other and they've developed they've they've uh, steeped in this over the past 30 40 years uh, some of these individuals and it's just been a blessing to have that that group within the church that they can call their own their and intimate we're, friends we're, we're people of the book bart i mean like we we that's believe why the bible seems weird we're not just here we're not a social club you know so so it kind of chafes against how we think uh, so we don't want to underestimate the foundational role of scripture well, we live in a just a relationally starved culture too and, and i don't think COVID hasn't helped you know people being isolated um that that's the relationship is foundational you know we don't we don't do discipleship it's god didn't just give us our bibles and tell us to go off into the wilderness and uh, study on our own you know we we have been God's designed us to grow and mature in the context of community. We have to know each other to do that. So, so this is this is critical stuff. And I can remember uh, after COVID, the first Sunday we were able to be back without masks. She hugged everybody. This one lady in our class, and you know who you are if you're listening. But uh, it was just a hug fest. But we do need that, and I, I appreciate yeah. you bringing that out, Jeff. Well, Jeff, we hear in from the platform, uh, the preaching, uh, whether it's uh, maybe it's in our ABS, we hear a lot about discipleship. Are there other discipleship needs that we need to target here at Grace that aren't being targeted? You mentioned a few of them as far as the small group or, or uh, ABF concepts, but talk about discipleship within the church and where we you are looking to head. Yeah, well, again, I, I would really like to target some of these gender-specific things, so that'll be a key focus. Some of our small groups, for example, do meet co-ed. Right. And then they break out periodically uh, to spend time, men and ladies. And, uh, but that's an area we certainly want to develop. Uh, within this Women's Ministry Council that I've referenced, mm -hmm. it's a burden for these ladies as well. It's one of the gaps that they see. And so there's, there's very specific um, strategies you know, that they're, we're targeting. Uh, but, but to me, whether it's men, whether it's ladies, that's, that's certainly a need that I want to see developed. Um, and those will not necessarily be um, super content driven. Um, there'll be some accountability questions that would be part of that kind of a group. Um, but probably the key question is, how are you doing in your time in God's word? Mm -hmm. And what has God been teaching you? Yeah. And just giving people, you know, kind of holding people uh to account right. <laughs> and, and, and really pushing them and encouraging them to be in God's word for themselves and then helping them express and, and talk about what they've been learning from God's word. And so to me, that's such a key role. I mean, we can, we can give people a fish, <laughs> but we, 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 we ought to be helping teach people how to fish so they can fish for themselves. And um, and, and so I, I, that, that would be something that we want to continue to foster. We'll likely have, if, at the very least, some pilot groups in the fall uh, that would give us a chance to kind of work that, 
work that out a little bit. And, and let's talk specifically about small groups. We, we went off on uh, ABS. We've mentioned small groups. But as a point of clarification, you know, these are typically smaller than our uh, adult Bible fellowships. They're often closed groups. Uh, perhaps you want to talk about why we do that a little bit deeper. And then uh, typically, you know, often they meet other than on Sunday mornings. What is specifically is the role of the small group as opposed to the ABF? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question, and it's one I've been trying to get my handle on in terms of uh, grace, particularly. Yeah. Um, you you hit on some of them. It's a smaller, more intimate group. Uh, obviously, it um, you know generally is not meeting at the church facility, so it's not a classroom type of a setting. So there's a little bit more of an intensity, a relational intensity. Um, it's a little bit harder to hide, to be anonymous in a, you know, in a small group. So I'm finding that there's some generational affinities uh, that in many cases, older generations are very comfortable with an adult Bible fellowship level of interaction. And many of our younger generations want something more robust. They want to do life together. They want to have meals together. They want to, you know, so... Um, so they're, they're, they're slightly different in terms of, of the nuance. Um, they have been, small groups have generally been reserved for members. And some of that, I think, is related to university dynamics. We might very well have students who are in small groups with professors or faculty members from the university. And so we just feel it's, it's healthy to call students to a level of accountability and commitment. Mm -hmm. um, students can be notoriously transient uh, coming and going, and we just feel like if they're going to be involved at that level of discipleship, that um, it, it calls for, for a signature, <laughs> as it were, on the bottom line. So I think that's been a healthy dynamic. Um, uh, I, I think as it relates to um, how they relate to, to one another, in some ways, I put them in the same bucket. In other words, ABFs are a little larger, small groups a little smaller, ABFs a little more formal, a little more lecture-oriented than small groups, but they're both co-ed settings. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage people not necessarily to be involved in both an ABF and a small group, but one or the other. Find one of those avenues that provides meaningful Christian community um, and then I'm then I'm pushing for that gender specific right. core group or D group, where you can really get to know a few brothers or sisters uh, really well. And then Jeff, specifically as it relates to close, what we would call closed groups, that has a negative connotation. Shouldn't be negative. There's some reasons we do that. Can we talk a little bit about that? I, I, in the context here, I've had a. Uh, even recently, uh, somebody who uh, just joined the church uh, recently said, I've been looking for a small group, but I can't get into one. And I tried to explain to him, well, a lot of these are closed for good reason. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So sometimes it, sometimes they're closed simply because, um, you know, the, the integrity of a small group demands it. In other words, once you've gotten to 12, you know, 10 or 12 people, uh, the dynamics begin to change. So that's usually the reason. They're not trying to be exclusive, but um, the, the group ceases to be as effective when it gets bigger. And to be honest, some people's houses can't contain a group of 20, so they have to keep it at a smaller uh, a, a smaller level. So that's certainly um, you know a key factor when it comes to, to why some of those groups are closed. 
Uh, we have taken some initial steps. Um, we've launched a small group interest form that you can find on our website. And that kind of gives me some of the information to know what you're really looking for in a small group. Um, do you, uh, what's your schedule availability? You know, are you looking for something on a Sunday uh, during the week? Um, are you looking for um, a cross-generational group specifically? Or are you looking for more peer affinity? Are you looking for friendships, mm -hmm. people who are at a similar stage of life? So we've got about six or seven key questions, diagnostic questions to try to make a good fit. Um, and so we're starting to try to get the, get the pathways in place a little bit more, uh, even as we head towards the fall for uh, helping people to onboard mm -hmm. into small groups. Good, good. Uh, there was an announcement made here within the past month that in July of 2023, our ABFs are, will not be meeting, or most of them will not be meeting. Uh, and uh, there are some reasons for that. You want to just, I know you've shared this uh, Probably more than you, uh, more than you thought you might. But it's just good uh, to hear it again and uh, give people an idea of the context for the decisions. Yeah, I've gotten a wide range of uh, of opinions. Most of it expressed very graciously, Bart. <laughs> uh, so nobody's thrown tomatoes no, no. yet. I, I realize that uh, again, those relationships, like we talked about, are very near and dear to people's hearts, and so we're not in any way trying to minimize that or. This isn't a first step towards disbanding our ABFs or anything like that. Um, probably the number one reason is just creating space for evaluation. Uh, we just think there's something healthy there uh, to identify sort of a, a beginning point and an end point in our ABF year. Um, we do that for most other ministries, you know, children's ministries or GPS Um and so, you know, I think of even for family rhythms, you know, we come into a new school year and we revisit bedtimes for the kids and we, we think through what we're doing well and what we need to address. And we have some family meetings, you know, to kind of talk through that a little bit. Um, and so I think something similar happens. It's just a, it's, the ABFs can go on 52 weeks a year with very little thought and we just think it's healthy. So uh, I think it also gives a chance, sometimes even from a volunteer recruitment standpoint, when I'm identifying new teachers, uh, sometimes it can feel like I'm asking for a lifetime commitment, you know, and people feel the weight of that, you know, it just, go, it just goes on and on. And so I think to be able to, when I recruit a teacher, to say I'm asking for a year commitment and then we'll do evaluation, you know, as we do each year. But I think it just creates some good rhythms. And I've had conversations uh, in, in uh, you know, even in Grand Rapids, you know, where, where we did that evaluation and somebody says, you know, I, I really don't think I'm in a good, I don't think this is a good fit for me. And they're a good soldier. They would have kept doing it. But it allowed us to have some really meaningful conversations and, and maybe move people around a little bit so that they're working in their sweet spots. So evaluation, that's a, that's a key part of it. Um, it does provide some respite for, for teachers, particularly children's, not just adult teachers, but children's right. ministry teachers. Uh, that calendar, again, just goes on and on. GPS teachers get a little bit of a break. Um, so we're, we're working to create some good rhythms in, in that uh, regard as well. And then there's some uh, small group, large group rhythms that we think can flow out of that. So even at Christmas time, we were a few weeks, two, three weeks right. without ABFs. But we had our Christmas Eve service. You know, there's certain things that we kind of all did together. And uh, that's going to be the case in July as well. We're going to do some refreshments out on the patio, weather permitting, each Sunday through July. 
uh, just allow people to linger a little bit. Um, uh, there's a Dayton Dragons game scheduled for one of those, those af Sunday afternoons in July. We're encouraging teachers to do something off-site with their group during the course of the month. And so just punctuating um, small group engagement with large group uh, engagement in summertime too and students mm -hmm. aren't here that's a good time for us just to connect as a church family I know yeah. at least one of those weeks there will also be like a, a town hall for some uh, some things that the elders are processing and, and that'll be a great opportunity for us to all get together and um, and talk through it you know together and so yeah we'll, we'll we'll see it's not set in stone for future years but we're gonna experiment with that i've got my my set of interviews lined up for about you know 10 days in july to be working with our teachers you're taking and, each and of those leaders. teachers to lunch is that what i hear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have to up, i'm gonna have to up my professional expense budget I think, if we do that well what i hear is strategic sabbatical that's yeah, the yeah. words that keep running through my mind well you reference this so i'm going to ask you as we look towards the fall are, are there other changes that the elders are considering or that you're you're thinking about uh, bringing forward yeah yeah this this one doesn't necessarily fall under maybe the discipleship heading but we are looking to launch or relaunch a membership class or a next steps class um, right now people are able to kind of get some onboarding videos mm -hmm. on the website and um, that certainly has value those videos are really well done have just recently been redone uh, but we think there's, a, again, a relational component where newcomers coming in can get to know some people, other newcomers, um, and, and, and get connected beyond just getting content about the church. So uh, that has some challenges, especially seasonally. We'll have a lot of folks, but I'm thinking we'll probably cap that at uh, 20 or so and um, just run that course regularly throughout the year. So we're in process of recruiting some, some facilitators for that course. So that would certainly be one that's kind of coming here in the fall. Um, I anticipate we'll put out some small group leader um, uh, forms or applications mm -hmm. to, to try to grow our small group leaders. That's an area that uh, we need to add some new groups. And so the, that'll be an emphasis coming down into the fall. Um, one of the other things we're trying to, to look at that um, is, is balancing of our services. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this one is going to be a tricky one to do the dance, you know. But right now we have a lot of our, of our um, we're, we're kind of pushing people towards the 9 o'clock service because of the way some of our child care um, children's ministry stuff is structured. So uh, we're, we're actively looking at, at that. Um, to just try to, to think through how we can better, um, you know, balance that, you know, in the, in the fall. Good, good. Well, Tim, we, or Tim, you're not Tim, you're Jeff. Um, Jeff, we have a number of people, many people involved in our small group ministries, ABFs, but we also have a number of people who come for our traditional worship service and they come for that and then they leave. Can you talk to those people? There, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for involvement and engagement. Can you talk to those people? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we just have to recognize that um, God didn't intend for us to grow in isolation, um, that he intended us to grow in the context of relationships. And that's why he established the church. 
um, and, and issued all of the one another commands, you know, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to bear with one another, to love one another. And so these, these contexts, adult Bible fellowships, small groups, D groups, uh, these are the ways that we live out our faith. And I remember um, when we were doing some small group stuff in Grand Rapids, I had one lady in particular come to me and she said, okay, so how do I get out of the group? You're like, if, if this goes south, you know, if I just, if, if, these pe- if I don't like these people, you know, how do I extract myself out of the, and I just looked at her and I said, you don't. <laughs> You know, I'm asking you to to commit and it might mean that you're going to learn how to bear with someone that that might that friction might be the very thing that God is going to use to grow you in your faith. And so we're not saying that these things are rosy and we have a lot of intro. I'm an introvert myself. You know, I I get tired being around people and uh, there's a lot of other introverts out there. So it's not always a comfortable situation. But it's anything that exposes our selfishness is inherently valuable. And so we have to put ourselves in places where there's friction, uh, where we hear people tell us things we don't want to hear. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, if we push this envelope even further, there's some maybe listening that are only attending the worship service. There's some that are only watching the live stream. And so, and there also are some who may just, as you referenced, may just be going to an ABF and attending an ABF. Yeah, yeah. But if you're if 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 you're only taking in the information, uh, biblical truth, but but you're not having an opportunity to to give to contribute, then the church is weaker. We're impoverished because you're not here. And so I, I think it, it's not only that you need to be here for you, but we need you here for us. Uh, we need your input. We need, um, so yeah, I think just to, as strongly as I can say it, that, uh, you know, the, Grace has been known for, for phrasing it, you know, worship plus two. And I think that's, there's something real, there's something real, uh, there's some wisdom in that, in that little phrase that, um, you know, we need, we need to make sure we keep leaning into uh, that that level of Christian community, and speaking of community and fellowship, uh, this year we're going to continue a uh, tradition that we started a number of years ago, and that is Wednesday night meals. Mm-hmm. Just very briefly, just share what goes on there. Well, I, I maybe know. I should share. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. I this just, will be your first. This summer is here. my first go round, so you're going to yeah. have to take that. Well, one I'll, away I'll just say June 14th is the first one. Starts at. I believe six o'clock meats are provided and it's a carry in meal. We won't call it a potluck. Some people go off on that phrase. Uh, But the the fact of the matter is we come and we eat together. We just sit and eat uh, on the round tables and sit with somebody you may not regularly be with or sit with your close associates there from your ABF or your small group. But the idea is just to be together. There's no programming typically and it hasn't been in the past and uh, we just look forward to getting together and eating some good home cooked food but meats will be provided that's june 14th and you can sign up in the office or through calling the office great well jeff hey thanks for being with us again great to hear more about the adult ministries here at grace baptist church yeah well i appreciate the opportunity to talk about all the things that god's doing and 
uh, to be able to just encourage people down a pathway of discipleship. Well, we have been digging deeper into the adult ministries here at Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Jeff Burr has been our guest, and you can access Grace sermons and podcast episodes on demand by visiting gracecedarville.org on the World Wide Web and click the media tab. We also encourage you to share your questions and comments with us each week. You can email those to contact at gracecedarville.org. Plan to join us next time. We'll be continuing our discussion of God's Word. And until we meet again, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, thanking you for tuning into this episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecedarville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.